What's going on, everyone? Zach back here with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. And here on today's episode, I've got two regular guests. You might have heard them before to talk about their divisions. I'm excited to hear about their favorite teams and what they think will happen within their divisions. So let me introduce you to the rest of the crew. What's going on, guys? It's Connor, the co-host with the most and... I've been on two of these division episodes already. I got to hear Aaron talk about the Panthers and uh, Brody and Caleb talk about the Packers. And I also sat in and listened in on uh, Zach and Eric talk about the Jaguars. So I'm finally ready. It's my time to shine. Finally get to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, I couldn't be more excited. What's up, guys? It's Nate here. I'm excited to finally talk football again. It feels like it's been a while since you've had some real um, stuff to talk about, basically since the draft. So I'm excited to talk about the... Uh, Nate, oh. you there? Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll wait the... for Nate to come back in, but we'll do with AFC North first. <laughs> um, all right. So we're going to start off here talking about the AFC North and Connor, obviously being our resident Steelers fan, uh, knows this Woo! division pretty well. So Steelers <laughs> fans, this uh, you should enjoy this episode listening to Connor talk mostly about the Steelers, but fans of other teams, Browns, Bengals, Ravens still stick around because at the end he's going to give his assessment of those teams as well. So should be good. Some good stuff here. So I'll start off Connor with the first question. For you, so just tell us your general expectations for the Steelers in 2020. Well, um, I'm not going to be too overly optimistic with them this year. I know last season I obviously picked them to win the division, but I don't think anybody would have thought that Ben Roethlisberger was going to miss pretty much the whole season and what was going to happen with that. So I'm being a little bit more cautious this year, especially with. I'm going to talk about them a little bit later, a little bit later, but especially with the Ravens still hanging around in the division. Um, I definitely think the Steelers can get a wild card spot because if you look at obviously the NFL is going to the uh, 17 playoff this year, and if you look at the past two seasons, if we had had the 17 playoff, the Steelers would have made it both times. Like they were the first team out both times the past two seasons. So I definitely think a wild card spot is a definite possibility especially if Roethlisberger can stay healthy the whole season and it's really going to be if we can get to the playoffs I think we can do some real damage um I think the AFC is obviously this is kind of a trend that's been going on uh recently in the NFL that the AFC is quite a bit weaker than the NFC in my opinion like there's a lot more contenders in the NFC than there are in the AFC so definitely if we get a first round matchup with somebody like you know possibly the Titans or maybe the Bills, then, like, you know, we could definitely have a shot to go further in the playoffs because other than KC and Baltimore, I think the AFC is, like, you know, that the consensus probably third best team in the AFC is pretty wide open uh, after those two teams. So I think definitely uh, maybe a playoff win is in in order. A wild card and a playoff win uh, will be my realistic expectations for them. Yeah, the the AFC definitely is top-heavy. I think that's a good way to describe it. Um, so my next question, though, for you is going to be, who are you most excited for on your team? Uh, let's go offense and defense here. All right, well, offense, I guess I'm really excited for Chase Claypool. Um, I wasn't thrilled 
when I saw that we took another wide receiver in the second round. That's like three years in a row now that we've taken a wide receiver in the second round. But um, I definitely think he's going to be a much better like he's got the he's got that kind of you know Julio Jones esque build to him. He's definitely a bigger receiver, which I think is what the Steelers really need, because you know Juju's obviously a really tall guy and he's somewhat big. But after that, James Washington is small and short. Ryan Switzer is small and short. Deontay Johnson is average. So I think we really need a big physical wide receiver on the team to really um, go with that. So. Definitely Chase Claypool, and I think if I had to pick like a second favorite person that I'm also excited for, I'm excited for Eric Ebron to be on the team. I think he's going to have a real big resurgence, having finally having like an all-pro quarterback throwing to him and not getting throws from Jacoby Brissett. So um, Chase Claypool and Eric Ebron on the offense. On the defense, um, this is a tough one on the defense because we're pretty much bringing back the entire defense from last season. So there's nobody new to talk about, but I guess I'll say Devin Bush just because I'm interested to see his evolution in year two. I mean, he was really good in year one and especially now that the Steelers, uh, we let go of Mark Barron. So Devin Bush is going to be the, he's going to be the starting middle linebacker now. Um, I think Vince Williams is except is going to be relegated to a number two role. So I'm really interested to see if he can kind of step into that role that, I guess not really role, but more so a void that was left when Ryan Shazier had his unfortunate incident that happened. So um, I'm really excited to see where he goes in year two. All right. And then we know from last year with the Steelers, really missed Big Ben down the stretch of the season, but uh, he he was out basically the entire year. Do you think he's going to, return to be like a pro bowl level quarterback you think he makes a pro bowl next year um i think so i I mean obviously it all depends on whether he stays healthy or not because he's you know he suffered a lot of injuries over the course of his career it's been very few and far between when he's played a full 16 games or um so if he can stay healthy i definitely think he can because obviously if you remember the year before last season, you know, he was a 5,000 yard passer. So it, it's kind of weird that he's, you know, it seems to be a trend in the NFL. I don't know with like, you know, guys like Peyton Manning and Drew Brees and Tom Brady and now Roethlisberger to a lesser extent that it, it seems like these quarterbacks tend to put up bigger and bigger stats as they get older, which you would think that it would be the opposite. Like when they were younger, they'd put up like huge stats, but some of Roethlisberger's best seasons have been in the past couple of years when he's, you know, now getting into his mid thirties and into his, like his 13th year playing in the league. So um, I definitely think he can be a pro bowl quarterback. He definitely has the weapons around him. Um, You know, he's got two solid tight ends with Eric Ebron and Vance McDonald. I think that'll really help the Steelers with their offensive game plan because they've been running a lot of spread with their uh, offense, but now with two tight ends, you can, switch to more two tight end sets and less five wide sets. Um, And also just lots of young wide receivers. I mean, you can really interchange. Juju is still going to be the number one despite the down year last year. Um, But you could really interchange the other three between Claypool, Washington, and um, Deontay Johnson. So I definitely think Roethlisberger can do it. And I think he's going to be helped by the fact that the Steelers have kind of accepted now that James Conner is not going to be like an every down true number one running back. Um, they are going to move to a more committee style backfield this year with James Conner and Benny Snell and 
uh, Jalen Samuels is like a third down running back. So I think that's going to help the Steelers out a lot. Just having, having a couple of running backs that can catch the ball as well as run the ball, but also if they can just get that running game going, because that was the other thing that hurt Roethlisberger that year that he, he threw for 5,000 yards, but he also, you know, he had a lot of pass attempts to get to that. And he also threw a lot of interceptions because the other teams just knew like they're going to pass, they're going to pass. They don't have a running game. So that running game, if that really at least becomes a threat, it doesn't have to be fantastic, but if it at least becomes a threat, then I definitely think Roethlisberger can be a, a Pro Bowl quarterback again if he stays healthy. Okay. All right. Nate, why don't you go ahead and ask the question you made for Connor? Yeah, so my question was, assuming Ben stays healthy like you kind of just touched on, do you think that Juju will emerge as a legit number one receiver this season? He like, you know, he showed the promise his first two years, uh, made the Pro Bowl in 2018, but a lot of people said, Oh, it's because he had Antonio Brown in his prime playing on the other side of the field. My question is, do you think with a full season of good quarterback play, if he can finally step up as um, number one and do it all on his own? Uh, I do think so, he can. I think the main thing for him is he needs to... There are definitely mistakes that he made last season that he needs to cut down on. He needs to not fumble the ball in key situations to start with. And um, I think really just having other receivers around him too. I think the Steelers have a lot of wide receiver talent that they're not going to be keying on him as much. And obviously the biggest thing, like you were asking with Ben, having Ben Roethlisberger as your quarterback, as opposed to Mason Rudolph or Devlin Hodges. Like, I think a lot of people kind of forgot that a little bit when they were really ragging on Juju, like, Oh, you know, you know, he had Antonio Brown next to him. And as soon as he's gone, he has this bad year, but it's like, you know, you had, not with Mason Rudolph, but like with Devin Hodges, you basically had some guy off the street, like throwing him passes in football games. So um, <laughs> definitely with Ben Roethlisberger back, I think he can do it. it. It will definitely be the telling year for sure. Like if he doesn't do it this year, like you said, if Ben stays healthy, then he's not going to ever be a number one receiver. And he's just going to be, you know, I don't know if the Steelers will have like a wide receiver by committee or if maybe they're going to want someone like Claypool to step up as the number one receiver, but it's, it's his year to shine. If Ben stays healthy, he can do it. He's put up the numbers before. So um, definitely, I think he can do it. All right. So that'll wrap up the Steelers talk for now. Uh, let's go around the rest of the division and just go team by team. What scares you most about the division rivals? <laughs> So I guess I'll start with the the Ravens. They're the obvious one. I mean, they're still, in my mind, like a top two or three team in the NFL right now. I mean, Lamar Jackson's just coming off an MVP season. I think it's more so what scares me the most about the Ravens, though, is their is their defense. Because I don't their offense doesn't really scare me as much, um, especially given the fact that the Steelers have a Super Bowl caliber defense and. The fact that Lamar Jackson, statistically, his worst game last season came against Pittsburgh. So the Steelers know how to handle him. I mean, they've they see him, they've seen him four times now over the past two seasons. So I'm not as worried about him and their offense. It's really the defense, um, especially if we start going into games against them, if like Roethlisberger's hurt again. Um, their defense, it's them and Pittsburgh are definitely right there in my mind with the best defenses in the AFC. Maybe I think Buffalo could probably challenge too, but the Steelers and Ravens, I think are the top two defenses in the AFC. So I think 
I would expect a lot of the two games this year to be defensive struggles, um, which probably isn't something that you would expect given the past few seasons with the Steelers and the Ravens, how they were trying to focus more on offense. You know, the Steelers were becoming more of a shootout team, but thanks to Roethlisberger's injury, the Steelers went back to their roots and went back to getting a Super Bowl caliber defense. So, um, but yeah, the Ravens are obviously the biggest threat. They're, they're scary. Just everything about them is scary. Unfortunately, I can't pick out just one thing about them. The Browns, I think the biggest thing for me about Cleveland is can they live up to their potential? Because if they live up to their potential, then I think they can be a really good team. You know, they have the star power on offense with Chubb and Odell and Jarvis Landry. If Baker Mayfield can cut down on his mistakes and the other thing about the Browns that doesn't get talked about is their defense. You know, they also have a really good defense. It's probably not a top five defense, but I would say it's a top 10 defense. So it's more so, but can they live up to that potential? Because we've seen all the hype around them last year. And then look what happened. They turned into a seven and nine team that never had any real shot of making the playoffs. So if they can live up to that potential, then that'll scare me. But if they just turn into the Cleveland Browns again, or you know, if they do what they did last year, they don't. Nothing changes. Then they don't scare me too much. And then, of course, the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know if I'm really scared of them at all. Joe Burrow is and is going to be coming into his rookie season. Obviously, you know, he's going to have to adjust to the NFL. But there really is nothing on the Bengals team that scares me right now. I mean, I would be surprised if they got more than four or five wins again this year. So if the Steelers in those two games that we played the Bengals, if we don't just absolutely steamroll them, then I'm going to start having concerns. Maybe that's what scares me about the Bengals is if we don't beat them by large margins, then it's going to scare me for the future of the Steelers this season. All right. So yeah, I, I agree. The Bengals is definitely the weakest of the four teams in the AFC North. Um, so now Nate and I are going to share our one to four predictions for the division. Uh, I'll go first with my prediction. So I'll, I'll start with number four with the Bengals, like Connor was saying. I do think that this has the potential to be a good team in the future, but uh, Joe Burrow is a rookie. It's very rare rookie quarterbacks make the playoffs. Um, their team should be a lot better than it was last year. Getting A.J. Green back, they've got Boyd. Drafted T. Higgins, um, Joe Mixon's a decent running back, and their offensive lineman Jonah Williams was injured all of last year. So I do think the Bengals are going to be better than they were last year, but the defense is still bad. The, the offensive line is still bad, um, and Joe Burrow is coming into his rookie year. So uh, I've, that's why I've got the Bengals in fourth. In a tough division here, they're they're realistically not going to be able to get to third. Um, fundamentals of blocking and tackling you can't do that (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, and then in third place I'm going to have the Pittsburgh Steelers Connors team here Um, it's a solid team but my own my biggest concerns are we see this year in and year out is it's very difficult to retain that Super Bowl level of a defense Um, and that's really what I'm most worried about here I think the defense is it's obviously still going to be solid, but they straight up won games last year with their defense scoring points um, and getting a lot of pick sixes, I think turnovers. That's the kind of stuff that 
it's hard to replicate over time. Really, the last really legendary defense was the Seahawks Legion of Boom for a couple of seasons. Um, so I just want to see if they can sustain their defensive play because we've seen Jacksonville, we've seen Chicago in recent memory have tremendous seasons and then come back the next year more average. So that's what I'm I'm thinking the Steelers defense isn't going to live up to what they did last year. And then I think the on the opposite side, though, the offense should be a lot better. Uh, Ben's coming back. He's going to be a lot better. I just don't think Ben is going to have uh, the type of season he had two years ago. Uh, less weapons than he did two years ago with Bell and AB. Um, so I've got the Steelers in third. And then in second... Shocker here, guys. I've got the Baltimore Ravens actually in second. I think in last year's playoffs, the formula was found to beat Lamar Jackson. Um, And not every team is going to have the type of team that Tennessee did. So I'm not just saying, oh, now the Baltimore is going to go winless or anything like that. Obviously, I'm not that (laughs) crazy. Um, But the formula was found. And that's uh, make Lamar Jacks really rough him up. Uh, don't let him get to the outside. Don't don't let him uh, run around on you. And also, too, with the Ravens, I think they're going to be a lot more conservative with Lamar than they were last year as far as running. I don't think he's going to get 1,000 yards rushing this year. I think they're going to try and conserve him more for the playoffs and for the future of his career. Uh, so I, that's why I don't think Lamar is going to be a back-to-back MVP. And I think that's going to take a little bit of a hit on them. Their defense, I think, did get better over the offseason with Clayce Campbell, Patrick Queen, the draft pick. Still a really solid team, a lot of uh, good weapons. But the thing is, is these running NFL teams and today's NFL, it's just so much harder to sustain that from year to year. Uh, the fact that they're not an aired-out team uh, gets me a little bit concerned because when you really need to throw the ball, um, I actually trust, I'm going to trust Cleveland more this year. So Cleveland Browns, <laughs> I've got at number one. Um, I'm, just, I'm extremely bullish on the Browns this year because I still think Baker Mayfield is a really good quarterback. He struggled a lot last year, but the thing is that the Browns did get a lot better. They drafted an offensive lineman. They signed the top right tackle in Jack Conklin, added a solid tight end. Um, this offense is is loaded. So the fact that I still believe Baker is going to be a good quarterback, and I think last year there was just so much hype, so much expectations, and so much drama with uh, Odell Beckham not getting the type of season that he was used to having. I think – all that stuff has kind of settled down. They fired Freddie Kitchens, who shouldn't have been a head coach. Um, and by the way, Nick Chubb was, I believe, second last year in rushing yards. So they have a great running back. They have a quarterback who I think everybody's sleeping on. And obviously, we all know the wide receivers, the tight ends. The key was the offensive line, and they fixed that this year. Um now, the defense is the weaker part of this team. There's no question about that. Losing Schobert hurts. But I think a lot of their young secondary picks in recent drafts are going to get better, like Greedy Williams. So as crazy as it sounds, I think the Browns are going to win this division just because <laughs> everybody's sleeping on them. 
Uh, I think all the expectations, all the hype from last year, it was just met with so much disappointment that people are kind of writing the Browns off, but still think they're super talented. I think they actually did beat Baltimore once last year, so they, they've shown that they can do that. They did beat Pittsburgh as well. It was a crazy game, but um, that's giving me a little bit more confidence, too, to pick the Browns. So that's my one to four. Nate, what about you? All right, so... I'll do the same thing. I'll start from the bottom. Um, same thing here. I've got Cleveland. I mean, sorry, uh, Cincinnati um, coming in fourth place um, in the north. Obvious reasons. They're the worst team. Um, number one draft pick last year. Um, Joe Burrow's going to come in, probably start day one, but I don't see how he's going to make a big enough impact to get them um, out of the cellar. There's not enough talent um, across the rest of the roster. You know, aside from AJ Green coming back will help, um, but. I don't think they're good enough all around to really compete in this division. Um, and then in third place, I'm not as bullish on um, Cleveland as Zach is. I have them at third place, um, mainly because I'm kind of on the other side of the fence from Zach. I just don't believe in Baker Mayfield. I'd, I'd like to see him prove it some more this year. Um, they've had a really down season um, last year based on, you know, compared to all the hype they had. And to me, the roster hasn't improved a whole lot. I mean, they already had great receivers in Odell and Jarvis um, and obviously Nick Chubb. So he's had some great weapons to work with for all of last year. Um, I'd like to see him put it all together. And I could be totally wrong on this, but I just don't see um, it happening, this division um, for them this year. So going to number two, I've got Pittsburgh. Um, I went back and forth between Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Um, I don't think Obviously, spoiler alert, Baltimore's number one. I don't think they will be as good this year, but I still have to give them the edge. Um, kind of like what Zach said, and I agree with him on this one, that Pittsburgh did win a lot of games. Obviously, with by nature of Big Ben being out, their offense couldn't be as good, so they relied on their defense more to win games. And I think we've seen that a lot with teams like the Jags in 2017 to 2018, and then teams like Chicago from uh, 2018 to last season, where they had an incredible defense that was... Um, you know, locking teams, not only locking teams down, but scoring touchdowns for them. And I think that kind of production is unreplicable just because by nature of turnovers, they're unpredictable. Like, as good as you are, you can't, you can force turnovers to an extent, but it's like, you know, you can't um, get interceptions just by pure skill. Like, they have to be, you know, mistakes and stuff. So I think um, Pittsburgh's obviously going to have a great defense, but I don't think they're going to be, you know, best in the league. Um, caliber again. I mean, they very well might be, but um, if not, I think that puts them a step back. Um, and then Ben, um, his health is a question mark for me just because he is getting, I wouldn't say old, he still has some more years into him, but even if he misses, you know, four or five games with a minor injury, that could be a potentially derailing um, thing for for um, Pittsburgh. So I don't think they're going to be bad by any means, but just, you know, a sliver behind Baltimore who um obviously they're my number one team i'm predicting um i think um i'm not totally in agreement with zach here i i don't think that i think teams have figured out their um offense to an extent but i think um there's only so much you can do against lamar jackson obviously he didn't have a good showing uh versus the titans in the playoffs but um i think for a whole season it's hard to stop a guy like that i think he is still going to produce and You've got apparently Hollywood Brown was playing through injuries last year, so that's um, 
potentially a great number one receiver for him um, with some speed on the outside. Um, they've still got good running backs, good um, solid defense, like the addition of Clay's Campbell. So I think overall I'm going to give them the edge over the Pittsburgh Steelers, but not a huge edge like last year. So definitely an interesting division to be sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So well, I guess before yeah. we move on to the uh, AFC East, I don't, we didn't officially say this, but I guess my division one through four, I don't know if you couldn't get it from what I was saying, but I have it the same as Nate. Like I've got Baltimore one, Pittsburgh two, Cleveland three and Cincinnati four. So yeah, not true. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I forgot to ask you about that, but I, it, the way you were talking, it kind of just sounded like that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. So we're going to head over to the AFC East. Uh, talk about those teams now for a minute. Nate, being a Patriots fan, is going to mainly talk about the Pats. But at the end, like we just did, we'll share our thoughts about all the teams in the AFC East. So we'll get you started, Nate, with the first question. Uh, what are your expectations for the Patriots this season? Yeah, so I know we've talked about um, some of our early episodes back in more of the spring, like around draft time and free agency, where um, my expectations were definitely tempered a lot for the Pats um, this season with Obviously, Tom Brady going to Tampa, um, a few other guys like Kyle Van Noy um, and Landon Roberts ending up on other teams as free agents. Um, definitely some kind of questionable um, you know, moves there. Not sure how they're going to be. But I think my attitude on them is definitely like improved in the last few months, or I mean, few weeks specifically. Um, I think... With the addition of Cam Newton, that definitely makes me feel better about the quarterback void. Um, some players have opted out for the COVID reasons, which the Pats were hit, I, I think, most out of any team in the league by a decent uh, amount. By, by a far, ton of, yeah. Yeah, a ton of guys most, opted most out. Most other teams only had, like, two or three, and the Pats had, like, seven or eight. Yeah, so that definitely hurts um, as far as putting together a full roster. Um, obviously, you're going to get the spot filled, but just in terms of replacing guys who were um, not necessarily all stars, a few of them were, but just solid contributors from last year that now you got to fill those spots. So my expectations are definitely tempered. I don't think, you know, we're going to the Super Bowl or anything this year, but I definitely feel um, better about their ability to compete now that they've filled the, they've done a pretty good job of filling the quarterback um, spot there. So I've, um, I will obviously get into it as I answer the next few questions here, but I definitely could see um, them making a surprise run at the AFC East or a playoff spot. All right. So question number two, just tell us who you're most excited about for your team uh, on the offense and on defense. All right. So on offense, kind of just touched on it, but um, I got to go with Cam Newton here. Um, with Tom Brady leaving, that's obviously the end of an era. Uh, one of the best quarterbacks to ever play. That obviously hurts the team, but I think them bringing in Cam Newton was a really good move, in my opinion. Obviously, you got him for extremely cheap um, for the potential talent you could get. And based on the reports I've been seeing from you know their training camp and what the coaches have had to say, he's making very good progress with the playbook, and he looks like the Cam Newton of previous seasons, which... Gets me really excited just because you can do a whole lot. Obviously, he's not Tom Brady, but you can do a whole lot of other things that Brady could never do as far as, you know, he's, he's going to let Josh McDaniels get really creative as far as drawing up runs and play action and stuff. And 
from Cam's point of view, even looking back to when Carolina went to the Super Bowl, I think this could potentially be the best um, group of skill position players he's had around him in his career. Obviously, um, there's no one like Christian McCaffrey who he had for a season and a half, but um, I think you look at Edelman and Mohamed Sanu, if he stays healthy, uh, Nikhil Harry, James White, um, all those guys I think is as good of you know skill players as he's been around in his career. So I'm looking for a big year out of Cam, um, assuming he gets a starting job day one, which I think Uh, I think we lost <laughs> Nate there going for a over second. the defensive side of the. Oh, okay. oh. oh there you are. <laughs> All right, keep going. Nate. <laughs> I think Nate's having some issues here. Yeah, let me check the Skype call real quick. No, he's he's still in it. I think he's okay. just done. Um, oh, hello. So, oh, there he is. Okay, we lost. Heard you saying uh, talking about like Cam being the starter. You guys hear me? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you now. Okay, where where did I cut out? With Cam uh, being the starter. Yeah. Nate? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Technology sometimes, guys. Um, all right, I guess in the meantime... Well, he, he did kind of answer question five. I think it's pretty obvious he thinks Cam's going to be the starter. Yeah, cause yeah. That's, what, that's what I was going to ask him between yeah. Cam and Jarrett Stidham, who he thinks is going to be the starter, yeah. but... I guess obviously seeing like you know in practice Stidham didn't he he threw like seven interceptions and in, over the course of like three practices or something so I think that probably only further confirms that Cam is going to be the day one starter. Yeah, um, for sure. So Nate, by the way, if you're here, just cut us out. Uh, oh, okay, you're here. Uh, yeah, you, you okay. Here? So we yeah we lost heard All you right. talk about Cam as the starter. Okay. Yes, that basically is obviously who is um, kind of heard you guys talking. That's who's most um, excited for an offense. On defense, it's definitely going to be an interesting um, look. They had to replace a bunch of linebackers. Um, I think the guy I'm most excited for, um, it's more so like intrigue, I guess, is the um, Kyle Duggar, the safety they selected from Division Two, Lenore Ryan in the second round of the draft. Um, he's definitely been... He's, been making some plays in camp from what I can tell. Um, obviously, there's not as much media there with the uh, COVID restrictions, so I don't totally know you know, how great he's been on a play-to-play play basis. But I think I'm really excited to see how he can translate to um, the skill level in the NFL. Uh, he could potentially be a great asset for this Pats defense, especially with Patrick Chung sitting out this year due to COVID. Um, it could definitely be... A huge help, or else, um, you know, he might not be able to make the jump. His athleticism may not translate to the NFL, and he might just be a bust. So, um, I would say, not necessarily excitement is in. I think he's going to be the best player in the league or anything, but more so like intrigue. Just to um, out of anyone on defense, that's who I really want to um, see get some live reps and see what he can bring to the table. Yeah. All right. So you've already touched on how big you think Brady leaving will be for them. And then you talked about how many COVID opt-outs the Patriots had. <laughs> so between free agency losses and the COVID opt-outs, other than Tom Brady, of course, because I know that's who you'd pick, uh, yeah. who is the most impactful of those losses for this season? I would definitely say um, between free agency losses and COVID opt-outs, I would say that's definitely hurt the linebacker position overall. I mean, uh, 
I think most impactful has got to be Dante Hightower um, sitting out for COVID. Um, Obviously, he's been a key piece of the defense for, what, like eight years now? It's been been a while. Um, He's made, obviously, huge plays in two Super Bowls, um, and he's really the leader of that defense. And for him to be sitting out is definitely um, some younger guys have to step up, especially because now Kyle Van Noy was signed with – Detroit, I believe, and then uh, Landon Roberts was signed by Miami. So what a shot going all... to Matt Patricia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> another guy out to Detroit, I guess. But um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see who can step up there. I would say most impactful definitely is losing a high tower, but those other guys had a ton of experience and athletic ability. That um, it'll be interesting to see who they um, can put out there put out there to um replace that all right connor why don't you go ahead and ask your question yeah so um obviously i think we already talked that you already answered my other question about who's going to be the day one quarterback starter but my other question would be you know brady went to tampa bay gronk went to tampa bay so if the one of the three musketeers was left behind (laughs) it was julian edelman so how do you think julian edelman's going to perform this year without tom brady because obviously Edelman was Brady's like safety blanket and you know all, yeah. obviously all those drag routes over the middle were his specialty so how do you think Edelman's gonna do with the Cam Newton slash Jarrett Stidham yeah that's what's gonna be really interesting to me is because um Edelman definitely like brings the classic slot receiver um skill set to the table and I think he's um definitely has the skills to cut it with any team out there just as you know a basic slot receiver but I think his chemistry with Brady is really what made him, you know, a borderline elite receiver, you know, always a threat to get 800 to 1,000 yards in the season. Um, so it's difficult to see how he'll be without that because he, the, he, the, uh, sorry, they just had such a great, like, relationship. Um, they would go out to California and throw in the off season, and I think that was a big reason why he was always open and the connection was so natural between them. So I'm interested to see what he can do with either, um, I'm assuming Newton will be the day one starter, um, or else Stidham, um, what he can do with a few months of work with those guys. I think he'll still be the top um, look. Uh, definitely his experience and route running ability and his hands, all that stuff's not going to go away. But I don't know that we're going to see him catch 80, 90 balls again this year. It might be closer to you know, 60 Something like that. I think they're going to try and get more guys like Nikhil um, Harry involved. Hope that he can step, take a step forward. And they're going to get James White involved, catching a lot of passes. So I think he'll do well. But I'm just not expecting um, a huge statistical season from him this year. Obviously, if he stays healthy, he'll be a big cog in the offense. But um, I think definitely will be lower stats than we're used to out of him. All right, so that'll wrap up the majority of the Patriots talk here, but go ahead, Nate, and talk about the division rivals. What scares you the most between those three teams? All right, yeah, so a little bit of a different division here then uh, with Connor and the AFC North. Um, The only team that really, I would say, scares me would be the Bills. Obviously, they have a great defense. Um, Josh Allen took a pretty decent step forward last year, still not... I would say an elite quarterback, but he definitely can play. Um, 
and he can definitely do enough to keep his team in the game with that defense they have. So that definitely scares me, um, especially with a new quarterback. Tom Brady always had his way with the Bills over the 20 years he was here, so I, I never really feared them, even as they improve. But um, with a new quarterback running the show, it definitely um, will make me nervous uh, seeing how they do against that Bills defense. Um, so it's definitely uh, they're going to be the ones in the way of trying to win the AFC East. Um, other than them, I can, obviously it's hard to say the Jets scare anybody. Um, this is such a <laughs> <laughs> this is a badly run organization that um, there's not really anything there that's scary. I mean, Jamal Adams is gone. Um, Sam Darnold has never got it done versus the Pats defense. Um, he was seeing ghosts last year, uh, <laughs> and Le'Veon True. Bell. We'll see if, yeah. and we'll see if Le'Veon Bell can take a step forward again this year. But um, other than those two guys, there's not really a whole lot there to be afraid of. And the Dolphins, I think, will be sneaky good this year. It all depends, obviously, on how um, Tua or Fitzpatrick can perform. Um, obviously, the Dolphins have given the Pats trouble in recent years, even when they were awful and the Pats were in Super Bowl contention, there's always going to be a couple weird games with them. So they, they've always scared me. Um, on paper, not that scary, but um, they've added a couple former Pats. They've got uh, Brian Flores, who obviously knows the organization very well. So they'll definitely be um, a threat when it gets to the actual game time, but um, on paper, there's not a whole lot I would say that's different than last year, um, unless obviously Tua can come in and um, play like a top five pick. Yeah. All right. So just go ahead and confirm your one to four predictions now that you've talked about all four teams. All right. So like last time I'll go from uh, the bottom up. Um, I've got the Jets coming in last place for reasons I kind of just touched on. Um, Miami's going to be um, in third place. Um, definitely a lot of question marks there. I didn't feel comfortable bumping them up. Um, and this, this is kind of going to be a surprise, I think. I'm a little bit more bullish on the Pats than most people, but I have Buffalo in second place and New England in first place. Um, for some reason, I just have a really good feeling about uh, what Cam Newton's going to bring to this team. I hope I'm right, but um, I have the Pats edging out the Bills. Not a huge gap there, because like I said, um, the Bills have that great defense, um, so it's definitely going to be a tough fight between those two teams, but I could see the Pats um, winning 10-11 games and eking out the AFC East, so definitely be interesting to see there. Uh-huh. All right, so I'll I'll give my one to four, and then Connor will follow up with his. So starting in fourth, I've got the J-E-T-S. S-U-C-K, S-U-C-K, <laughs> suck, suck, suck. Um, I had to do that. I had to do that. <laughs> uh, gosh, I mean, the Jets are just so dysfunctional, and that's coming from a Jaguars fan. Um, <laughs> that that line's going to be Zach's, played. <laughs> Zach's like, trust me, I've got experience with dysfunctional teams. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, Sam Darnold... Like Nate said, it was seeing ghosts last year. Just nothing much really there with him that scares me at all. Uh, bottom dweller for sure. Should be some easy wins for the other three teams this year. Uh, in third, I've got the 
Miami Dolphins. And like Nate was saying, this is a scary team. Um, I've contemplated them going up to second. I don't think they're quite good enough to win uh, the division, but I have contemplated them finishing second just because they ended the season so strong last year with such a bad team on paper. And they spent a lot of money in free agency. They had all those draft picks uh, getting to it. They surely should be better than they were than they were last year. Um, and Brian Flores is a really good coach as well. Uh, three really good coaches in this division with the top three teams, in my opinion. Uh, so I contemplated the Dolphins going up to second, but playing it more safe, I'm going to keep them in third. And then I've got the Patriots in second. Um tough in my opinion to pick between them and the bills for one and two but uh with this year being the COVID off season only 11 padded practices uh for each team the bills really are bringing back a majority of what they had last year having that continuity is really key um for a season like this so with a new starting quarterback with all those opt-outs, too, that was another thing that set me that pushed the Bills above them, in my opinion, was just the sheer amount of opt-outs that they had for COVID um, and they all those free agency losses that they had in addition to Brady. So uh, the greatness of Belichick will surely be tested this season, but I don't think that they're going to be good enough to win first place. I think the Bills, who I'm not extremely high on, I don't think the Bills are a Super Bowl threat, but they showed last year, they really proved me wrong last year, um, made it to the playoffs, came really close to winning that playoff game against Houston. Um, the thing that I guess uh, worries me about the Bills is Josh Allen. But like you said, he did take strides. He's not elite or anything. But when you compare, if you were to compare the Bills to, like, say, the Jaguars or Bears, those type of teams um, and that we talked about last time. Um, Josh Allen's a better quarterback than both those guys, Bortles and Trubisky. So even though he's not the greatest quarterback in that lateral that he tried to do um, in the Houston game was a boneheaded decision, but he, I'm sure he's not going to make that mistake again. Um, <laughs> but uh, the rest of the team is really solid. I'm a, I'm a big Singletary fan as well. So I uh, I like the Bills to finish first in the division. Connor, what about you? Yeah, so I guess I'll probably... I'm probably going to sound like a broken record with the same with Zach. Um, Obviously, last place, the New York Jets. I mean, I don't know what else you can say just about how much this team sucks. But, (laughs) um, I mean, they're just the epitome of awful. I mean, they're going to be... It's going to be between, like, them and Washington... And, like, maybe, like, the Jaguars. And, I mean, if the Bengals are down there, they're not going to pick Trevor Lawrence because they already got Burrow. But, like, I think it's going to be between them and Washington and, like, possibly the Jaguars for, like, tanking for Trevor. But mostly between the Jets and Redskins. Um, Well, not the Redskins, but the Washington football team. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, yeah, the the Jets are terrible. Uh, Nothing. And especially also the fact that their best defensive player was one of the people that opted out. So like, you know, the one good thing you had on your defense and he opted out. So um, not expecting any more. I would be shocked if they got more than three wins. Like, uh, 
who knows? This team might go 0-16. I don't know. Not predicting that, but they could. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I'm also the same as Zach. Like, I really contemplated putting the Dolphins up at number two. Um, they they brought in a lot of young talent. I think it's more so for me, like, the issues. Like, it's. I don't think I would put the Dolphins up there because I think the Dolphins are going to be a whole lot better. I think it's because I think the Patriots are going to be quite a bit worse is why I was contemplating putting the Dolphins up there. Um, but they do have a lot of good young talent. And like Zach said, they finished the year strong last year. And, you know, they just if Tua can evolve into a good NFL quarterback, then I could see them going, you know, 500. I don't know if they'll compete for a wild card position or not. But, you know, obviously with seven teams in the playoffs now, going 500 could very well give you a playoff spot. So um, then with the Patriots at number two, just it's the, I think probably one of the, the overall number one reason why I put the Patriots still above Miami was because of Bill Belichick. Like I trust Bill Belichick. He's the greatest coach in the history of the NFL. And, you know, he'll somehow find a way to take ragtag players that, wouldn't even be starters on other teams and somehow turn them into a Super Bowl contender. So also, um, also might do something illegal too that gives them an advantage. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so um but I think I think the main concerns for the Patriots this year are obviously gonna be on the defense. Um the offense, the biggest thing is not having a tight end anymore. Like I don't even know who their number one tight end is supposed to be this year. I guess Nate probably knows, but it's probably no one I've ever heard of. Yeah. So, so um they're, they have that issue, and obviously, you know, can Edelman be the same without Tom Brady? And if he's not, then can Sanu and Nikhil Harry? Um, obviously, Sanu is a veteran, but, you know, Nikhil Harry being still only a second-year player, can he carry um, this pass attack? I think the key for the Patriots this year is really going to be their run game. They're going to kind of have, like, a four-running-back committee this year, which is kind of interesting because, you know, because they've got, obviously, the three – uh, familiar faces, James White, Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead, but they also brought in Lamar Miller in the offseason. So um, I'm interested to see how that's going to work because, you know, any one of those four guys, like, you know, especially between Sony Michelle and Lamar Miller, could be starters on other teams, James White, too. I think I'm interested to see where Rex Burkhead fits into that uh, quadruplet, quadruple, I don't know what I'm trying to say, <laughs> uh, four running back tandem, because he's probably the worst out of the four. But, you know, Burkhead has a long, he's been with New England for quite a while now. So, you know, he's he fits into their system. So he's going to get used. Um, then on the defense, like, it's just, um, I think it's more so the defensive line and the linebackers losing Dante Hightower, I think was a really major blow to them because they don't really have any other big time, you know, linebackers that are, especially losing Kyle Van Noy. They don't have any other linebackers that are really familiar and have been there for a long time. They don't have any superstar defensive linemen. I mean, Lawrence guy has been there for a while and he's decent, but nobody really stands out. The secondary is still going to be good. I mean, you still have Stephon Gilmore. You still have the McCory brothers, even losing Patrick Chung, I think the secondary is going to be in good shape, but it's just the rest of the defense that worries me. So then obviously I've got the Bills at number one. The Bills, I'm probably the most high on this team this year out of any of the guys on this podcast. We obviously don't know what Eric's predictions are for the AFC East, but I mean, my dad was super upset too because he was like, this is the one year that we have a really good team and it has to be the freaking COVID season. 
like the one year that the Bills actually have yeah. a team, you know, the, the year that the Patriots are down and out, the year that's supposed to be our time, and it's the COVID season, and it might not even happen. So, um, but definitely the Bills, I mean, they, I think they kind of have bucked the trend of like what Zach was talking about earlier with the defenses, like not keeping up. I think the Bills have had a really good defense for three or four seasons now, and it's going to be all the same guys coming back again. So, and guys like Ed Oliver and Tremaine Edmonds are only going to get better. So, um, the, the obviously no issues on that side of the ball. And I think the, what's going to put them over the top was getting that, getting Stefan Diggs in the off season. Cause now they have a true number one receiver that Josh Allen can throw to, you know, they still have a couple somewhat decent tight ends and Devin Singletary is a beast. I mean, I didn't expect him to do as good as he did last year, but I mean, the guy is a tackle breaking machine. He's like the next evolution of Marshawn Lynch when it comes to breaking tackles. So I'm I'm actually really high on the Buffalo Bills. I don't I don't they're definitely not as good as the Chiefs or the Ravens in my book, but I definitely think they could be like the number three seed in the AFC. Um, and if all the pieces are there, then I think they could be in for a long playoff run, possibly get to the AFC Championship game. Um, I don't know if they'll make it to the I don't think they'll make it to the Super Bowl just because again I think KC slash Baltimore are better. But definitely, I think AFC Championship could be a realistic possibility for the Buffalo Bills for me. All right, guys. And that's going to wrap up our division episode with the AFC East and AFC North. Next week's episode, we're going to have a special guest on to talk about the Eagles and the NFC East. So stay tuned for that. And then that's actually going to wrap up our division episodes. We're canceling out the West uh, this year, not because we don't like them, but just for time purposes with the season approaching rapidly uh, just a couple weeks away now. So um, stay tuned for that and good analysis. Good job, Connor and Nate by filling in as our fan uh, team correspondents here (laughs) (laughs) uh, on, on your analysis. So until next time, guys, take it easy. And remember, be clutch. Bye. For Eric, peace.